Sync and Desist, a multimedia network. Please enjoy. to sync and assist episode 189 i hope y'all are doing well staying safe and not doing the crate challenge hopefully you got a little more sense than to be participating in this ridiculous challenge it's crazy because like y'all would turn literally anything the most random most ridiculous the most left field things just most random things into a challenge and the crate challenge is literally like the the face it's like the if it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt with a person because a lot of people are getting hurt and not even again in my conspiracy bag or to sound like a conspiracy theorist because this is the worst time politically uh, as far as society goes this is the worst time to be a conspiracy theorist publicly like openly especially today like I'm recording this right before the episode goes up I'm recording this on Monday uh and the Pfizer vaccine just got approved by the FDA and you're already seeing it but where are these crates coming from? Like, everyone's asking it, but like, where are these crates coming from? And like I said, it's the Hood Olympics that started in the black community, uh, this crate challenge. And we lactose intolerant. Where are these milk crates coming from? And as far as like milk crates, like, I hate milk crates. You will never see me climbing up a staircase of crates, of, of milk crates, because um, my dad, like I've said on the podcast before, I don't know if it was this podcast or the other podcast, uh, but I've said it on a podcast before that uh, my dad was a DJ and he used to DJ on turntables and um, on vinyl. And every time we move, because he still has these records, every time we move, we have to um, pack up all of his records in milk crates and one, one record, not heavy, a lot of them together. It's heavy as hell, and those milk crates tear your, tear, tear your little fingers up. And so that's why I hate milk crates. So I, I definitely hate this. Uh, well, I won't say hate, but like it's, it's like why? Like one, COVID tore through the black community, and now, now crates. And like the, me- the memes are hilarious about the uh, crate challenge. But, um, but hopefully you are not participating in the crate challenge. And if you are, please leave a rating, a review. And share the podcast um, before you climb up those stairs and break your neck. And nothing good comes from like climbing up stairs that lead to nowhere. Like um, back to like conspiracy theories, like uh, I'm heavily into the um, paranormal and the supernatural and nothing good comes from climbing up stairs that lead to nowhere because you never come back down. But um but that's that's a whole other topic, and we're not talking about it that uh, this week's episode of Sink and Assist. But like I said, I am recording this on Monday, so if you do hear me um, on my computer, like I have a mechanical keyboard, I have a loud mouse, um, but I, just like all of you, are waiting for this, uh, the official trailer of Spider-Man, <laughs> of No Way Home. But hopefully you all had a solid weekend. I know I had a, a busy but 
productive weekend. But if you aren't in the know, Balfour and Mind did release their very first album, their first LP, Revisionism, on Friday. And I'm very proud of this album. Um, I did play a little part, but like none of that compares to like none of what I did compares to like what these boys have done. Like I was there for a few sessions um of them recording the album. It, obviously I was there during the demoing of the album last year. And um I'm I'm very proud of the album. I'm very proud of them. Um it's an incredible album. Please do check it out. But on Friday, um they had their first show back. Um, one, their first show as this lineup, as uh, Brad, Chase, Luke, and Kyle. Um, but they did perform like right, like a week before the world ended uh, last year. But the show was great. It was great to um, like see everybody again. Like one, just to see everybody. Like not even just the band, but to see everybody. I haven't seen like a lot of the Cascading boys since... Like when we were recording the uh, demos for the Bohem album um, back in December. Um, but like to see everybody, like I haven't seen every, everybody since since 2019, probably. Because um, I hadn't been to a show since we, we were going back and forth. Like it may have been my last show may have been a Cascading show in July of 2019. So I, I just say all that to say like, it was great to be back to see everyone, but also be back at a show. And not only to be at a show, but like to see Boham um, as a full lineup. Like I wasn't able to see uh, Bell of Heart um, that last show before the pandemic. But to see them all together, like obviously I've seen them live because I, I've shot the music videos. And like that's like I get my own performance pretty much. Um, but it was great to see the guys also because I hadn't seen them since we shot the Daily Secrets uh, music video. Um I'm real good at dates sometimes. Uh, May 27th? No. May 28th, maybe. May 27th or May 28th it was when we shot the uh, Daily Secrets music video. But, um, yeah, I haven't seen them since then. Like, I saw Kyle, and obviously I've, I've seen Brad since then. But not only was it good to see everybody, not only was it good to see a show for the first time. And, like, the show was great, but maybe I'm biased. But I feel like um, Boham should have been headlining that show because <laughs> it never, for me, and one, like I, like I said, I have a bias, but like for me, it never surpassed Boham who opened the show. Like the other band was fine and like the headlining band was, um, they have a big following, but like, but like I, I won't, I won't shit talk, but like when you, when you're the headliner and you shout out the bands that are, that performed before you you know because they're your support and with this show there are only three bands when you're the headliner and you only acknowledge and shout out the band before you and not everyone and you only you exclude someone and only and include one other band that says a lot to me about you know but I'm like I said, I'm not gonna shit talk. But like I was hella in a way, and there are people that can confirm that. But um, but not only was this show like a lot of firsts in a while, but this show was also the first time that I ever shot a live show. A while back, I was talking to another photographer, and this photographer is well known for their uh their live concert photography, and like. I may have said on this podcast before, but like, I don't look up to photography. I don't even look at photography, really. Like, 
I hardly follow any photographers outside of people that I know personally um, on Instagram. Like, I don't follow photographers. I don't even look at photography. Um, I love to create images. That's why I do photography. I love it. Like, um, which I'll, I'll talk about um, in, like, my love, hate to now just pure love relationship with um, photography. But I was talking to this photographer and I was telling them how, like, I don't follow photographers. Like, I don't look for photography. Like, I follow mostly, like, bands or actors or directors or, you know, whatever, skateboarders, um, musicians, than anyone on um, Instagram. So I don't really look at photography. But that photographer is a photographer that I've always, like, admired their work. And is all like on a list of like three of photographers that I actually like because there's a show coming up with our boys uh, Dim, and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it out to that show. That photographer was going to be taking pictures at that show, and it was also going to be one one of their first shows back since the pandemic. Uh, but which we're still in. <laughs> but they asked me, "Are you going to take pictures?" I'm like, "No, nah, I've I've never really done that before," and I told them like you. Like kill it. Like I don't even know what I could offer to to it. And like obviously I know like my style. So like I know what it would look like. My live photography um would look like. But I just said, nah, I don't know. Maybe. Um I'll think about it. And then I wasn't able to make it out to that show. And so then here um this past Friday, I shot my first uh live show. And just like I said a minute ago, like I know my style. I know exactly what it's going to look like if I do this thing. And it looks exactly like that. And now I guess I just add a live photography to my resume because like I get it now. Like um I've always I've always respected live photography, uh, live concert photographers, but um it was just one of those things like y'all got it. I respect it. Um I'll stay in my lane. And and now it's like, no, I get it. I'm not going to do it every show, but like, I'm definitely interested and intriguing, like hella, like in it, in it. Like I'm like, it's now a tool that I'm adding to my bag. Like, like I I love it. Like I um, was shooting video. Like that's why I was there. Like not, that's not why I was there, but like, that's what I was doing there. Um, Which also sounded like exactly what I just said I was doing. (laughs) Like, um, like obviously I'm going to be there for like, for my boys and show support for my boys. But, um, I was also there to uh, shoot video, but I just period to shoot content. And I did shoot um, photos for for the first time at a show. Like I've done iPhone photography at a show before, but like to actually bring my camera to a venue, I've, I've never done that before. Like granted, like I've shot hella um, photo shoots at the masquerade, like not inside the masquerade, but at the masquerade on those grounds. But but I'm very proud of these photos and like the, the guys are as well. And like Brad, like I'm I'm not gonna even I'm 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 not gonna post what he said or anything, but like um he definitely like show like his like love and admiration and support for it and like just like you know bigging your boy up. Um because along with like what with what he said, like it's one of those things that I say all the time. Every time I pick up the camera, I have to outdo myself from the last time I picked up the camera. And Every time I do something, anything I do, I have to outdo myself. Like I'm never in competition with anyone but myself. Um, 
And it's not to like be cocky. It's like, man, I'm so much better than everyone else. Like I'm only in competition with myself. Like, no, like there's always going to be friendly competition, but like I'm only competing with myself because I'm trying to outdo myself. I'm trying to push myself further. I'm trying to push myself to new limits. I'm trying to raise the bar from my last work. And I'm, I'm just always trying to outdo myself. And like a, long, a lot of what he said was the same thing, like within like 40 seconds and not a whole podcast. But um, I'm very proud of those photos. But like I said, like um, my love-hate relationship with photography, like um, and I do want to have him back on the podcast like very soon, like in the next uh, couple of weeks. But when not, it wasn't on the podcast, but when we finished recording, the podcast last year with um, when we had Kev on the podcast, a shout out, a fellow photographer as well, incredible photographer. I told him like, because that was around the time that I was starting to do like the uh, photography videos on YouTube. And I told him like how I had this love hate relationship with photography where like, like I've never really considered myself to be a photographer. Like obviously I'm a photographer because that's what I do. But I'd never consider myself a photographer. Like, there's so many people that, like, I'm just not as passionate about photography or wasn't as passionate about photography, you know, at the time as so many people were and are uh, about photography. Like, their camera is attached to their hip. And, like, I, I just never really had that passion for photography. Like, I love creating images and I love editing more than anything. But I, I never... um consider myself really like a, a photographer like it's like just one of those things that like yeah I'd, I'd do it um hire me you know but for me it was a lot easier to actually put the camera down and like not take pictures of every single thing but maybe it's just because I never had that kind of like passion or drive for photography like I've never had that insane like burning passion you know love for photography in the way that they do so like and out of respect for them, I just never really consider myself one of them. Like, I've never, like, yeah, I've been paying my dues. And, like, obviously, I'm a photographer. But I never felt like a photographer. Like, I've never felt like I could, like, really, truly, like, claim that title until this show. Um, because, like I said, I outdid myself. And I, I told uh, them, like, this is like one of my favorite photo sets I've ever done. And recently, like I, we, I've been talking about photography a lot more recently. Like, yes, I feel like I've been doing it for a long time. And yes, I feel like I'm making and putting out my best work now. And obviously anything you do, you should be making your best work later down the road because you've been paying your dues. You've been finding your style. You've been, um, find out what works, what doesn't work. You've been um, finding you in that, whatever it is that you do, you know, you've been refining it. You've been um, fine tuning it. You know, it's becoming a well machine, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, so down the road, you are going to be that. And it's going to be authentically, genuinely, you is like, is going to be a reflection of yourself. And that's how I feel about photography now is like, yeah, I was making, cool images then but like these past like few photo sets i've been doing like really back since um june my shoot the shoot that i did on june 26 i know that because it's the day after my birthday but um that set 
like we even did an episode on it because um um but that back to the basics episode was about me finding that love for photography all over again and since then i have because every set that i've done since then since june 26 has really been like filled with passion like even the way i've edited the photos and like you can see it like the photos that i've been doing since then the photos that i've done since then stand out and i feel like my photos have always stood out but i feel like now they're standing out even more and it's like people are noticing it in a way that they hadn't before and it's like oh well now you're a force to be reckoned with and so like i said it was a love-hate relationship it's like yeah like I, I love it but like i don't love it as much as you so like it's not that i hate it but like you know i do it to where now it's like no i do this you know so where it's like now i consider myself a photographer like now i feel like i can actually claim that title and i guess it's kind of like a continuation of like last week's episode where, you know, I put in my 10,000 hours. And it's like, now I have, I've been knighted, you know, like I've done the work and now I've been knighted, you know, I've been officiated. Like I'm actually this, you know, like it's been like a five year serious journey. Cause like I said, I've been doing photography for off and on for a long, like 11 years. Well, actually longer, like 12 or so. But th these past five years, I've been, serious about it i've been committed i've been dedicated to it i've been paying my dues now i feel like i'm truly that thing you know and i do actually have that passion for it that like i said those people that i respected because they had that passion they had that drive for it you know those people that i feel like i was staying out of the way of you know because i don't want to step on their toes like now i feel like i'm one of them and Never like really been like I felt I feel like burned out by like photography. Like with um film, I do get burned out. And, and that's the thing I want to do more than anything is film. But like I do feel like I get burned out when I'm and it, that comes from like me just doing things and like going through the motions. And we're like in photography, it's like I can just turn that thing on and and go. And I think that's kind of like one of those things that you have to go for. You know, like, like I said, find that thing, you know, like I said last week, find that thing that you're passionate about, that without a doubt, like, that is what you love. That's what you do and do that. And like, sometimes, like, yeah, I guess in my case is like the thing that like, I did it and I'm more passionate about the other thing where it's like now I'm just as passionate about photography as I am, you know, film, you know, but you have to find that thing that you're passionate about that like you're gonna do 10,000 hours and like now it's like oh I'm like really getting started now and like I'm like passionate about this thing in a way that I wasn't 10,000 hours ago you know like one of those things where like you're paying you've paid your dues and like you haven't even broken a sweat like you're like you still have that like um spark like you still have that thing it's not like um man I've been doing this so long you know it's like Man, I've been doing this so long and I'm like, I, I love this shit. You know, like I'm like really driven by this thing and you have to find that thing, you know, and like hopefully I'm making sense because like this is like a newfound love, <laughs> you know, a, a new, uh, a rekindling of a flame, you know, like, um, but you just have to find that thing. You have to find that flame, which I, we've, I've said on 
throughout this podcast. Not, I guess it's corny as hell. Find that flame. You know, but like it's real. You have to find that thing that you're passionate about. And like it, we've talked about in this podcast so much before, like find that childlike uh, passion. That's what I'm saying. Find that childlike passion where like a kid will, I'm just guessing here. I don't know any kids, but <laughs> how passionate about a thing a kid will be. And like, don't be passionate about a thing like a kid will be for these couple of days. And then you just move on to the next thing. But find that thing that brings you that childlike passion and you do it for 10,000 hours and then you hit that 10,000 hour mark and it's all you think about. Not because you just did it for 10,000 hours, but because that's what you're passionate about. If you can do something for 10,000 hours and still want to do it, that's meant to be. Like I've worked in so many like shitty jobs for like way more than 10,000 hours. I imagine 10,000 hours is a lot of hours. But after the first shift, I like didn't even want to be there anymore. You know, so it's like you have to find something that after 10,000 hours, you still want to do it, you know, because if you're willing to do something for 10,000 hours, that's commitment, that's dedication, you know, and that's just the, the prerequisite. That's just the, you know, the requirement into the thing, you know, then you start, you know, so. That's what paying dues is, you know, it's putting in the work, you know, building that experience. It's not, you know, stumbling into a thing. It's not like that. I've, like I said, the 15 seconds of fame. It's I committed to this thing. I live for this thing and I've done it. Like I've done it for free. I've done it for cheap. I've done like I've built up my prices, like I, whatever it is that you do that you're passionate about, that you, you've committed yourself to. That's what paying your dues is. It's coming up in that trade. It's understanding the flow of that trade, the, the order and operations. It's being from it and not being like a culture vulture where like, like I've said so many times, like you can't sell a culture that you're not from. Like if you're not from it, how can you understand it? So if you don't understand it, how can you sell it and sell market it to people that you want to buy it and now be a part of this culture that you're not even from? You know, that is what paying your dues is. But you have to pay your dues. It's like there there in anything, there are going to be gatekeepers. And sometimes there have to be gatekeepers. You know, like gatekeepers get a bad rap, but gatekeepers are necessary because like it's like the toll troll. Like you can't pass this point. If you don't pay your toll, your dues, you can't make it past here. And if you take a shortcut, you take, you know, the back entrance, no one's going to respect you because no one saw you come up in the thing. Because we know for a fact, like it'll show that you haven't paid your dues and you have to pay your dues. Because it's just like if you buy like a cheap product, if you buy a cheap alternative, it's going to show like one, it's not going to last. And the quality is not going to be the same as if you bought, like, you know, a name brand. It doesn't even have to be the most expensive name brand, but at least you bought from a company that has a reputation to be reliable. But you didn't even take the reliable way. You, know, you took the cheapest way in, you know, so like there, you can't do anything halfway. You can't take shortcuts. You can't, you know, take the back entrance, you know. Like I said, there have to be gatekeepers. They are necessary. 
because you have to call these things out. Like you're not from there. Like you, you would just be giving, you know, like culture vultures, for example, a pass if they just never went check. Like we would still have Rachel Dolezal acting as if she black. She's not. And one, you can't pay dudes to be black. Like you're, you're born black. And she wasn't. And like, there are a lot of people like I, I'm seeing like um, with Shang-Chi coming out. Um, I've heard like Jay Washington say, like, I don't know who Aquafina is. Like, I've seen her. Like, I don't know who she is. I don't know where she's from. Anything. But like he, Jay Washington said, like, she's a culture vulture. Like she's, you know, this, she's Asian. She's from, I guess, I think he said Brooklyn. But like she uses a black scent. And that's like her identity. Like that's how, that's her claim to fame. Like her black scent, like putting on this black scent, acting like she's from our culture when he said, and like his words, not mine, because I don't know who she is really just seeing her around. But he said, she's not that at all. So these things have to go checked because if they go unchecked, then you're just okay with people stealing and stepping on your toes. And, and you know, like it is the same, like I've not talked all the way about it, but like with TikTok, um, Every time, like, I promote at the end, like, every time I plug at the end, I say you can find us on TikTok, but we're not supporting that until they respect black creators. Like, I do want to do an episode on that. So, like, I'm not going to go all the way into that. But these white creators that have bigger followings still trends and dances and, you know, everything from these smaller black creatives, and they never get the credit for it. And it's, this is a historical um, pattern. This has always happened. You know, um, Elvis is like one of the biggest examples. You know, like um, there's just so many things. Like um, a lot of people try to say like Eminem, but he's from the culture. So like, uh, but all these, you know, culture vultures, they come to a culture that is authentically itself and they steal from it. And that is what's happening. Like that with Addison Ray being on Jimmy Kimmel for her dance. That's not even her dance. She stole that dance from a 14 year old black girl. And she never got the credit for it. So Addison Ray, but she's on Jimmy Fallon in person doing a dance that she stole from a 14-year-old black girl. And then when they're both called out for it, Jimmy Fallon has the originator of the dance on his show, but on Zoom, not even in person. So that is why I say we're not supporting TikTok until they support black creatives, until they can respect black creatives and our creations and respect us as creatives and see us as creatives instead of just users, you know? And like, as far as the whole TikTok thing, like it goes like even deeper than that. Like, um, even like with Megan Thee Stallion and like, um, where the whole black TikTok strike came from. But like I said, it is, it is necessary that we check these things. So gatekeepers are necessary. Toll trolls are necessary. You have to pay your dues. And you can't sell a culture that you are not from, you know, and that you are true to yourself because no one's going to respect anything that's not authentic or genuine. Because, like I said, you can see straight through that, you know, and there's no respect in that. You know, like I say all the time, like, God can't bless you pretend to be. So be yourself, you know, but that is going to do it for this week's episode of Sync and Assist, episode 189. And let me hit refresh real quick. Uh, nope, there's still not a No Way Home trailer out. Um, it was supposed to come out today. Guess not. Um, and then just in 
true podcast fashion. It will go up as soon as I upload this episode. But like I said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sync and Assist. Hopefully you took something away from it. Hopefully I made sense. But um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at RobertDXN. And you can find my other podcast, This Is Nonsense, wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts on all podcasting platforms. But I'm not going to necessarily take a hiatus from This Is Nonsense, but I do want to focus on Sync and Assist on the road to 200 episodes of this podcast. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to necessarily take a hiatus, but I'm not necessarily going to be releasing new episodes every Thursday. But I may still be releasing episodes, you know, sporadically here and there. Like if a movie comes out on Friday, see it Friday at the matinee because your boy ain't paying full price. Um, But I may have a review up on This Is Nonsense that Friday night uh, or Saturday morning. Who knows? But um, I am going to focus more so on sync and assist. Like I said, I want to get more guests on this podcast. I want to like really focus on the road to 200 because that is a monumental, you know, accomplishment uh, in this podcast. Um, you know, like I said last week, I never would have anticipated, you know, reaching 200 episodes. But like I said, I'm just going to be focusing more so on sync and assist, you know, and the road to 200 because that is a that's a big deal, you know, but definitely sub- make sure that you are subscribed to This Is Nonsense so you never miss a new episode of that show. But you can find Sync and Assist at Sync and Assist on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and not TikTok. Like you can, but like it's a black strike. I just explained it. But <laughs> but you can find new episodes of Sync and Assist every Tuesday. So please rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. That is how podcasts or whatever it may be. That's how it grows. It grows through social currency, and it costs you nothing to share the podcast. So I would truly appreciate it if you would share. But I will catch you in the next episode. Take it easy.